everybody, and welcome to the Hooper's Lab podcast. This is a podcast where we talk all things basketball. I'm joined here by my co-host, Riley, in the flesh. Well, virtually. How are you in today? The virtual flesh? I'm kind in, of crying, in, in, on the, crying on the inside. That's what you huh? are. Um, you're in the metaverse. <laughs> crying on the inside? I'm crying on the inside, too, after hearing the new Drake album, because it was so shit. I, I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, if you think... No. I was a big, like, I was, like, one of the only people saying that CLB wasn't as bad as people thought. Now people can't say shit on CLB. Like, CLB wasn't even bad compared to this album. Telling you, bro, Drake Drake is washed. Drake hasn't dropped a good project since 2015. He's That's washed. seven years. He is washed. <laughs> um, but this isn't a rap podcast. This is a basketball podcast. And... There's a lot of stuff to talk about, trades, coaching hirings, trade rumors, and the NBA Finals just wrapped up. So Are we I doing guess, the draft today? Uh, no, that will be okay. a different episode. Do you have it ready if it was today? I could come up with something on the spot if we were doing it today. Well, good thing we're not doing it today then. <laughs> <laughs> so, NBA Finals just wrapped up. Steph Curry got Finals MVP. Um, I just kind of want to talk about this Finals what do you think of this finals, first of all? How would you how would you rate it? Um, the finals itself and the basketball we got, it was pretty good. I'd give it like a solid like eight out of ten. Yeah, definitely I can agree definitely, with that. definitely can't complain with what we got. It's nothing like all time great or anything, but it was a good finals. It was competitive, which I liked. And Yeah, no, that's true. Do I like the the result, the end result, no, but like, you know, oh my. it is what it is. That, <laughs> I forgot about the money, damn. Bro, you keep coming in second place. It's the second year in a row I've predicted the runner-up in the finals. Like, I'm sick of this shit. And it's not even like you've taken the favorite. Like, you've taken a pretty, like, underdog. Like, the Celtics going into this playoffs weren't a team that were really expected to go to the finals. Yeah. And obviously they were a team that could, but no one was really taking them to make it that far. And same with the Suns last year. Um, yeah. I feel like it was the same kind of thing. So, I mean, both years in a row, I that's a rip. Um, Curry's 34, goddamn. I think from a basketball Beautiful. standpoint, it was good. I just feel like in the grand scheme of things, it was kind of forgettable. I feel like there wasn't that many, like, moments. I agree. No, individual I agree moments. But as a whole, I think it was good. Um, I was just thinking, so, Steph Curry, right? He finally got his finals MVP. He now has as many rings as LeBron, which is insane to think about. I think, because they both have four, right? Yeah. Or my, or my buggin'. Okay, so they both have four. And then, I don't understand, so this finals MVP for me, and this whole finals run, it doesn't do much for me in terms of legacy rise. It kind of just silences the the haters and the casuals who only use the finals MVP against him. Because I think, I think yeah. what it does is it solidifies him as the better of the two between KD and him all time. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, that's an interesting debate. They're right there, bro. I was thinking about all the NBA players. It is so hard to do like a top 15 list because you have guys like, I don't even know if Steph or Durant are top 10 just because of how much talent there is. Yeah. There are so many guys. 
Like the top 13 is stacked. Like from four to 13, it's his own tier. Like you could really put it in any order. And yeah, no, I agree. Really mad. I but agree. but people really, will be mad. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, people get mad at everything. But, you know, it's not like you're putting who's someone that would be. It's not like you're putting Tracy McGrady in the top whatever because he <laughs> should not be there even though people like to ride him just because he has an exciting style of play. Um, but no, with this finals MVP, what it really proves to me is just that it just helps the casuals because he didn't have a finals MVP before. But really, he should have. And yeah. I just don't like how players' legacies are so dependent on media who don't even watch the game of basketball. Yeah. Because yeah. he damn well should have won a finals MVP already. So this doesn't do much for me because his season or that playoff run is the same, the exact same, regardless if he got the award or not. So really, the award should really have no weight, yeah. honestly. The award doesn't really have that much weight for me personally because it doesn't really change how they did, if they won or not, still the same performance. It's just about if the media decided that he was the best, which, like, yeah. is subjective. So, I mean, congrats to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Um, Clay Thompson no, is – oh, okay. <laughs> You're just a, <laughs> going back to my 2017, 2016 days, I see. Bro, why is Clay Thompson's nickname the Sea Captain? I, I, I don't know about that. He um, likes fishing or he likes sailing, doesn't he? Oh, he does. I was just thinking of the time when he went into the the ocean after he had a bad game or after he had a slump, he went to the ocean. And then after that, he came out and went on it like this historic streak. <laughs> Clay with his sixth finals in a row. I was I was wondering this. So, do you think that it's a coincidence that um, that the Warriors didn't make the playoffs and the only down years were when he was not there, or do you think that that's kind of not overrated, but like I don't really know how to describe it. Do you think that he was the missing piece and that they didn't make the playoffs before because he wasn't there? I think the Warriors system is it's okay when all the pieces aren't there but Mm -hmm. if you don't have all the pieces then it's going to be really hard for them to be successful no yeah I can agree with that because it's such a a system base so if you take one player out of the system then the whole thing kind of you know but here's what I was thinking so the first year clay wasn't there Curry was injured the whole year. They had no depth. That was just a bad year. Even if Clay was there, it wouldn't have changed anything, personally. Yeah. And then no, the season after that, season after that was when Curry had that big streak. They were the ninth seed. They, they still really didn't have that much depth, and they still weren't, like, the Warriors yet. You know, yeah. it was really just Curry going off. And if Clay would have been there, I think it would have been – they would have been a little bit better. Maybe they actually make the playoffs – uh, and win a playing game or yeah. even make it just naturally. But I don't think it, it changes much. I don't think they would have won that year. But this year, I'm thinking about it. I still, I, I might think that the Warriors still win even without Clay. Just because of they were doing really good this season before Clay even went there. And yeah, I was going to say, and like even this finals, like Clay didn't do anything like crazy. 
No, yeah, he's definitely not the exact same clay that we're used to. Obviously, still a very good player, but like looking at the Nuggets, I still think they beat the Nuggets. I still think they beat the Grizzlies. I still think they beat the Mavericks. And then it's just about if they beat the Celtics without Clay Thompson, which I mean, the Celtics didn't play amazing, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did. <clears throat> Jason Tatum. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but Jordan Poole as well is just someone that was doing really good when Clay Thompson was out. So if you get rid of Clay Thompson, then Jordan Poole would have been there anyway and had more opportunities. So the Splash Bros need a pool. The Splash Bros pool. Remember when Dar- Demarcus Cousins was like, I'm the third Splash Bro? <laughs> Bro got replaced. Bro got replaced quickly. Bro, I remember when that happened. I thought everyone thought over. everyone thought the league was done, and then Demarcus Cousins me. turned out to be ass. Yeah, that was still a snake ass move. I'm glad the Warriors didn't win that year. They got fucked up by Kawhi. Men's came off a season averaging 25 points and 11 rebounds and five assists. I know he got an injury, but like at the time, you didn't think that it was really going to affect him as much as it did. Yeah. Like, like it was just crazy. Um it this championship doesn't do much for the Warriors. It just does a better job at cementing them. In history already cementing that legacy. It just adds another just a sweetener. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um Jordan Poole's an upcoming free agent, right? Is he? I'm pretty sure he's a restricted free agent. Or maybe he has a team option? I know that he was drafted in, like, 20... 2019? Oh, my gosh. 2019, yeah. So, this... I, I have no other idea. Um, Jordan Poole contract. Are you saying Yeah, but I'm struggling. Bro, I saw a tweet from uh, Six Rings of Steel. He was, like... He doesn't know how to read. He was, like... No, it's just, like... Google sucks, man. But he was like... Um, well, I found it, bitch. Okay, so... Shut the fuck up. This se- Okay, so no, 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 no. He's not a free agent. Oh, wait. QO. Oh, he's an RFA Qualifying next season. Offer. Okay, okay. He's a, he's a free agent next season. Oh, they extended the rookie extension. Okay. So, yeah. So, he's not a free agent yet. So, they don't have to worry about that. They're still going to have pool next year. Okay, I was kind of worried that they were going to lose him. Or that they'd have to pay him a lot. But they still are going to have the, the main core going forward. Uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, uh, I saw I saw Six Wings of Steel. He tweeted out, um, he was like, Steph Curry has now solidified himself as the best point guard of all time. No. And, like, it's the thing is, that's wild, but it doesn't feel like that wild of a statement. But, personally, I do think he needs to win one more if we want to consider him. In that, uh, I mean, Magic has excellence. five. So. Exactly. And then also, yeah, just in because, like, if you're considering him better than Magic, most people are considering him like top five. Yeah, I'd say the the new generation has Curry, and then the old generation has Magic for obvious reasons. But I think Magic is. I was I was actually just thinking about my all time list today. Magic might be four. Like I don't know. Like, it's very hard to, like, after the top three, it's very wide open, and Magic might be four for me, and Curry's not four for me. I used to have Magic four, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, 
Wiggins, I'm really bro. If you would have told me, bro, Wiggins was so ridden off. He was just an empty stat scorer, and now he's the second best player, I'd say, on a championship team. And it's just such a crazy turnaround. Because, yeah, he was just seen as this empty stats guy who was inefficient, couldn't really do much for you in terms of defense or playmaking or rebounding. But with the Warriors, he really improved his defense, um, getting some all-defensive buzz. He was an all-star. And even though it was kind of a Mickey Mouse all-star starter, um, but even so, he really improved it, his game. And he's a big part of the team. It's the Warriors culture. It's just a change of scenery does so much. And, I mean, he got to be a better shooter. He was a better um, – he was just more aggressive. He became a better, more polished scorer. And just a better basketball player. And he really helped that run. So, yeah, shout out Wiggins. He was he was ran off as a bust. Obviously, he was disappointing for what he could have been and what he was expected to be. But he didn't turn out to be a complete bum. He didn't continue on the <laughs> Minnesota trajectory. Yeah. Bro, it, <laughs> thank God they didn't give him finals MVP because he only had that one good game. And Curry only had one bad game. He so had a couple really... good... No, Wiggins had a couple good no, games. No, no, but he only but had I that mean, one like, like, great game. It was the only game where he was even considered to be yeah. the finals MVP. And then the only game for Curry where he wasn't considered to be a finals MVP just happened to be that game. How many years um, are still on Wiggins' contract? One or two? <laughs> fuck, he's making like 40 mil. Is he worth it now, though? Um, fuck, no. I think, it's just... like, I think it's like one or two. Why in my search history does it say Andrew Wiggins shirt? Porn. <laughs> Why am I searching up Andrew Wiggins shirt? <laughs> Andrew um, Wiggins okay. is your guy, bro. This season, he is. This season, next season, is his last year, and then he's a UFA. Okay. So he's going to be an What do you think, a, okay. you think an extension for Wiggins looks like? What comes up with Andrew Wiggins shirt? Why is it? Why did I search? Some ugly this? ass shirt. It's literally just like a bunch of shirts. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I know what it was. Okay, got it. Um, just really wanted a shirt. Really want, I already have my Andrew Wiggins shirt, my, my Minnesota one that I got. Um, let's see. What's an extension? It's hard for players because obviously he shouldn't be making as much money as he is now. But if I'm Andrew Wiggins, I'm looking at the contract I have, I have now and thinking I'm better than I was when I got this contract. So... I mean, if you think of it that way, because you have to think of how the players are thinking of it. They're thinking, okay, I'm making this amount of money. I've gone better since then. I should get the same or more. And I obviously, I don't think that he should be making more. I, I think th- the like, thing is, I don't think anybody's offering him that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking well, like obviously no one's offering him that. I'd say twenty five. Like, I'd say twenty five is a good number. Yeah, I'd say what. See, the thing is, you also have to think of the market. There's lots of players that are making 20 mil where it's like, should Duncan Robinson really be making 2 million less per year than Andrew Wiggins? That's why I bump it up to 25. But, I mean, Jared Allen's making... Yeah, you kind of have to... Yeah, 20 to 25, I think, is good. Because he's making, what, like 35 right now? So I think 25 would be okay. But I, I honestly don't know if he'll take the money as much because 
I don't know. I just think that the Warriors are changing him and his mentality, and maybe he'll take a little bit less money than he is making right now so that he could stay with them and win. Yeah, yeah. Because that would make sense. Um, anything else from the Warriors' side? Oh, one more thing, actually. So, the Warriors did all of this with still having James Wiseman, Jonathan Kuminga, and Moses Moody. And before this playoffs... I was a big believer that they should trade some of those guys to help them win now. But the fact that they did win now with those guys not even playing is great. Like, you have the second overall pick in James Wiseman, and you still won the championship. So you can just really just focus on developing him, and you don't even need to, like, move him for a role player. I mean, but I I don't think he's the best fit, though. But. Yeah, I still don't know about Wiseman just because he's so, like, raw and we haven't seen him in a while. So I think yeah. that's the first step is we actually need to see him play. But, yeah, exactly. Because um, he's just, like, such a question mark right now. And when we last saw him, he was literally, like, ass. Yeah, exactly. So you wouldn't really get as much for him as you'd want. So it wouldn't really be worth it, especially since you just won the championship. So you're not in a rush to win now, basically. Yeah. Um. Jonathan Kuminga, I, I I like Kuminga. I think he showed lots of promise. Even though he didn't play in the playoffs, I think he's a guy you definitely should keep. Um, just because it. he's only 19. and yeah. He's only 19! No, Jonathan Kuminga's already shown, like, tremendous upside. No, yeah. I really, I really think that he did good. And then Moses Moody, too. I think that Moses Moody is just a nice little role player. Nothing crazy, but I think that he's definitely a guy that you try and keep and try and make into, like, the perfect role player. Um, because he's a shooting guard that can shoot. And, you know, he's got he's got some potential. Um, let's talk about this from the Celtics side now. What went wrong for them? Why wasn't this championship theirs? Jason Tatum sucks. Okay. <laughs> he sucks. Okay. He does suck. No, realistically... If the Celtics do want to get back to this win, place and yeah, get back to this place and win with their little Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown core, mm-hmm. they either need no. Here's the thing: like someone like Malcolm Brogdon could help them. He is rumored to be. They're rumored to be interested in him. Yeah, would be... which makes which oh. makes sense. But here's the thing. Yes. Malcolm Brogdon can only fix so much when Jason Tatum is passing the ball to the wrong team constantly. It's just hero ball. And Jalen Brown cannot dribble the basketball. Yeah, it's hard to bring a playmaker onto that team when they don't really play through like a playmaker. Their offense is more iso ball. So if you have a playmaker there... That's why I've never liked the Celtics offense. Even like Like, I said at the beginning of the year, I don't like how the Celtics play, and I don't see it working. Obviously, it worked, but when it came down to it at the end, it's still... Well, because the defense was the best in the league. And yeah, because their defense was elite, elite. I think their offense was improved, though, from last year. I think it was more of an issue, but still is an issue that costed them this championship, I think. And, you know, I've said it before, but the Celtics, they just take, like, JB and Jason Tam, they're... They're tough shot takers, so they just like or tough shot makers. They just take the toughest shots possible 
And when it goes in, they look like gods, but lots of the time they don't fall. And that looks like a bad shot. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing for this series is I just think that at the end of the day, the Celtics were less healthy of a team. Um, Because Robert Williams was playing through an injury for like, I think, three months. And he still was a god, but he could have been even better. And you look at Jason Tatum, he had to have had an injury. There's no way he didn't. There's no way he played that way without an injury. Just the way he was... Oh, okay. It was a shoulder. Yeah, I fucking knew it. He doesn't expect his knee a procedure. Okay, he suffered a stinger in Game 3. That oh, I thought it was earlier than that, but okay. Oh, Game 3 of the... Game three of the Heat. Okay. See, I knew it. Suffered an injury game three against the Heat, and he just had to play through it. So, yeah, that sucks. But I think one thing with the Celtics, too, um, it's just like, I don't know. Health is one thing. Hero ball, um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown not knowing how to dribble. Jason Tatum having the most turnovers in any playoff run which is insane I didn't think it was that bad he has the most turnovers ever in a single playoff run it doesn't feel like that but like, I no guess, it like, really it, doesn't it, it doesn't feel that much of a negative but, like, but there's, come on there's no one else ever in a playoff run that's had more turnovers than him I mean he had like a shit ton of uh, like five plus turnover games so like I, mean, I guess you true, can see yeah. it like it doesn't feel like it, but, like, when you look back on the game, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's true. And they had a um, lot of – they had a lot of – well, except the first series, they had a lot of uh, deep series. So. Yeah. I also just think that one reason they lost – the Warriors were just simply too much to handle, and I don't think the Celtics were ready for it. Um, I didn't really see it being – like, I didn't really see a world where the Celtics – one, it was kind of hard to imagine because the Warriors just had so many weapons. They have Jordan Poole, they have Curry, they have Clay, they have Draymond, who can sometimes make an impact. We've seen um, just sometimes. The Celtics lost this series for themselves, though. They should have. Okay, the game where looking, Curry looking struggled, back on the games, they should yeah. have. This series should have been done in five. If you look back on the games, mm-hmm. the Celtics well, I think... just fucking blew it for themselves. That's true. I think as much of a Warriors win as it was, they definitely, uh, they definitely choked it for themselves. Yeah, I think that a big part, a big turning point was when Curry didn't hit a single three in that game, and they still lost. Like Steph Curry not hitting a single three and having that big of a slump, and you can't capitalize on that game. Yeah, that that's where they lost the series for me. After that happened, I was like, okay, there's no way they win this series because you just can't have that. You have to finish those games out, and I think that that's kind of where the experience shows itself a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just think that if a young team and an experienced team go against each other in the finals for the first time, it's usually the experience that wins. Usually, so I don't know. I think that the Celtics, if they go back. Things might be different. They still have some things to improve on. Um, but if I'm being real, Bucks versus Warriors probably would have been better in terms of how close the series would be. Because, like, Giannis? Giannis? Curry too. Yeah, Giannis versus Curry. That's what I wanted. I really wanted a Bucks warriors finals. I was cool with this, but 
I think the Bucks versus Warriors would have been more competitive. I mean, the Warriors trying to stop Giannis, and then the Bucks trying to stop like Draymond on Giannis, and then Holiday on Curry. Like you have some of the best offensive players in the game against some of the best defensive players in the game. So that would have been cool to see. But the Celtics are the Celtics did it. They closed out. They earned this finals appearance, but they just they just didn't do enough. Um, yeah. Anything else to talk about with this finals, with this series overall? No. Okay, we could move on then to a trade. So we'll talk about the Christian Wood trade because it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I like personally. It. For who? What side do we I talk mean, about for the, first? For the Rockets, it's just like whatever. Like if you get a pick, sure. For the um, Rockets, they they really just get a pick. They get like a late first round pick, but I think that more important. That's all they wanted, anyways. Yeah, I think that you just get a pick, and I think the most important thing is you just clear out room so that younger guys can step up because you're going to be drafting a big man. Like I'm ninety five percent sure they're drafting a big. This actually makes it like 100% sure. And then, because I was thinking maybe they drop Jade and Ivy and shock people. But after this, I think that they're set with going with a big, one of the top three. Um, and then you have Sengun, who's there. If they draft a, a guy, a big here, it just wouldn't make sense to have Christian Wood on the roster. He's also getting older, doesn't fit the timeline as much. So, And he's also ex- an expiring deal. So they probably want to bring him back anyway. So... I mean, it's not the sexiest trade for them or the best return, but I, I don't mind it for them. I think yeah. it's like a B. Like, it's, it's in the moment, it doesn't seem good, but it's a trade that you need to do for the long run because of how much it helps your team's development and because of just bigger picture, it's the trade you need to make. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, Jalen Green about to go crazy. There's literally gonna be no one on that team. They're gonna be, gonna be playing by himself. I'd be surprised if they were even close to the play in this year because Christian Wood was like one of the only good players on that team. Like obviously another year of the young guys improving would be nice, but John Wall's not even gonna play. And I just don't think that they're focused on winning right now. So another year of development, another year of bottoming out. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. But from the Maverick side, what do you think of this trade? Um, yeah, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a low risk, high reward kind of thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm completely okay with it. You give up nothing basically to get a potential all star player. Because, I've been hearing a lot yeah. of mixed opinions about Christian Wood, though. How like so? Some, just like his attitude? No, like some people think he's gonna be like really on. He's like really good and he's really on shit. And other people think that we're kind of, we're kind of like being fooled by how good of a player he is, which I can semi see. Here's like, my thing. Okay, now you, you go. When when you think about it, the only teams he's played for is Detroit and Houston. So That's like, what I was else, gonna say. He's never actually played been there. for winning. Yeah, he's just played for himself. But I think that that kind of works to his favor. I agree. Because I think that just I think defensively, I think that we need to stop the empty stats argument 
especially since I think Booker is the biggest example. People are writing him off as an empty stats guy, and then he he's doing the exact same shit on a good team now. And people were saying, oh, his defense. Same thing with Zach Levine, I think. And also just defensively. It's very hard to buy in defensively if you're losing all the time. And yeah. I, I've seen lots of people hate this deal because they think he's going to be bad defensively. But number one, the Mavericks are a good defensive coach team. And Jason Kidd showed us that this year. And I just think that... I think he'll step it up defensively because I agree. I think yeah. I think he'll because show he has to, and he, he has the tools too, especially as a big man. Like, well, his mobility and his frame, I think exactly. Yeah, but also another thing is it's his last year of his contract, so yeah, he's that's gonna, really he's gonna, when you he's so, gonna show his ass. Show his ass. I don't want to see Christian Wood's ass. But yourself, man. when you, oh yes, but when you just. <laughs> When you just look at, he's an expiring deal, so he's going to want to prove himself to get more money. He's going to a team that has an established good defensive culture, and he hasn't been on a good team where where defense actually has been important. I think that those are elements that work towards him, um, work towards the possibility of him being a positive defender or just a neutral defender this year. Yeah. Um, I really like his fit with Luca, and again, it's just a low risk, uh, high reward situation. Yeah, like Luca's gonna get the absolute most out of him. Either way, I think he's the perfect big offensively next to Luca, and I think that Porzingis is kind of I. I think that Christian Woods a better fit than Porzingis just because Porzingis isn't as good as a. Yeah, all Porzingis did was sh- shoot threes. But I think Christian Wood has a better role game. I think he has better um, better work in the post, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Christian Wood, I think, is a better post scorer. Kristaps is just tall, but he's, like, soft. I don't think that Christian Wood would – there would be that same, those same issues with Christian Wood. Um, and he's just a better shooter. He, sh- he shot um, 39% from three on five attempts per game over the last – Two seasons, he's been averaging five attempts, 38%. Like, he's he's a good three-point shooter. He's a dynamic offensive player. And I think he's perfect because you have – you had Dwight Powell on the Mavericks as the pick-and-roll guy, and then you had Maxi Kleba as the pick-and-pop big. But now Christian Wood's the perfect mix of both offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's kind of, He can pick-and-roll or pick-and-pop, which just makes that that duo so much – so much more dangerous than the pick and roll combo of him and Dwight Powell or Luca with um, Kleba. Um, but yeah, defensively, obviously not the best. I seen one person say that Christian Wood should play the four and that they need to find another center. I don't agree with that personally. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? I was actually arguing with a guy on Instagram. Um, my thing is they still have Kleba. Yeah, exactly. So, what's, the, what's the point of running Christian Wood, who's slow um, in terms of like perimeter? Yeah, exactly. The, what's the point of running him at the four when you have Maxi Kleber, who you could run at the four, who is a Dorian Finney-Smith as well. <laughs> yeah, like if you want to look at a more defensive lineup, you could even have both of them. That's there. why like Finney-Smith yeah. Finney at the three, Kleber at the four. That's what I seen was that um, they were just saying that. Uh, Finney Smith should be at the three 
and then Christian Wood should be at the four and they need to find like an actual center. But I don't really think they do because the Mavericks, they don't really need an actual center. I think that that would kind of hurt what they're trying to do more so. I agree. Um, just no. because of how they like, run things. Yeah, like you could have like an actual center. What do you what do you even like I don't even like know I think a backup. Like, like yeah, what do they even mean by a actual center? Like, like a, a dummy big. Yeah, kind of not even they use Mo Bamba as an example. Which he's not even uh I don't know. I think they just mean like a physical guy that can Bro, Christian Wood can rebound, I just looked at. You don't even need like a rebounder. I don't even know what he means. I mean I think he just means like a shot blocker. Like they don't really have that rim protection. Yeah. Which I mean, I yeah, can see. That's, but... that's true. Maxi Kleba is was their rim protection this year. Yeah, but here's my thing. I wouldn't mind them getting rid of Dwight Powell and then getting. <laughs> I don't think anybody would mind them getting rid of Dwight Powell. Dude played. Dwight Powell. Dude would play five minutes. He was a, a starter. Dude would do absolutely nothing. He was a starter who played five minutes a game. <laughs> But, like, and even if you look in the playoffs, <clears throat> rim-protecting bigs, you don't really run them a lot because it's hard for them to stay on the floor because they're a negative on offense. I so mean, I like, think that that also hurts. As much as I love him and as good as he was, look at Robert Williams. Like, you definitely saw his – Yeah, I was going to say. – overall playtime take a hit in this final series. Every, like, big like that, you see that. And another thing is – do you really need rim protection or, like, a big stopper when there aren't that many centers in the league that are going to punish you for not having that rim protection? Like, that was my whole argument with him, is that, you know, it's not as big dominated as it was. Even though there's Jokic and Embiid, those are, like, the only bigs that are going – the only centers. Um, so, like, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. Those are the only bigs that you need to game plan against them with a rim protector. And two of them are in the East. Exactly. So it's really just Jokic. So and no one can guard him anyway. So what's the point? <laughs> but yeah. And then he was like, but Robert Williams is a dominant center and Draymond Green's a dominant center. Like, no, I mean, like offensively, they're not going to punish you for not having a rim protector. And they're both six, eight. Six, exactly, seven, that's what I was saying six, as well. Why six. do you need a rim protector if everyone else is playing small ball? I don't know. I was I was getting very heated because, and then people were agreeing with him. I was the underdog in this conversation, people but I was like, "Bruh, stupid shit!" <laughs> like, how is Robert Williams like? <laughs> if I put out Christian Wood on there, is Robert Williams gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this is what I'm gonna turn into prime Hakeem Olajuwon"? Like, no. <laughs> That's not what he does. That's not what anyone's going to do. No one has the bag like that in today's game, except for the three guys I named. Yeah. Even Cat. We've seen Cat can easily be stopped inside, and he's soft. And he's the third best center in the league, probably. We've seen AD, who's a big that's soft, and it's not easy to, or it's not hard to stop him most of the time. And he's not like a back to the basket big you need a room protector on. Obviously. You still need a decent defender on these guys, but you don't need to go out and get Rudy Gobert to guard these people. That's why Rudy Gobert's value, in my opinion, isn't as high in today's game because a defensive stopper for a big, like, I don't know. Obviously, help defense and just stopping the other guys. But in terms of one-on-one, like, we've seen Gobert get torched by Terrence Mann and Nikola Jokic. So, 
I hope we see uh, Rudy Gobert somewhere else this off season. I'm excited for this off season. I'm not gonna lie. That's I've all that's some... been on, that's all that's been on my mind since the Celtics. Not even it's been on my mind for not a even while. the final. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, I don't know. Once you get into later in the playoffs, people start to think more about off season than the actual basketball going on. Which... We're so weird as an NBA community. I know, it's very weird. We talk about how much the finals matters and how it's the biggest stage and how these are the game, the only games that matter. And then people just think about the offseason and trade rumors when the finals are on. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited too. Did you hear about um, the trade rumor for Rudy Gobert to the Hawks? What is it, Hunter? Um, so there's a couple of different players. So the Hawks and Jazz are reportedly in trade talks with a couple of different players on the market. There's Clint Capella that could be added, uh, John Collins, Kevin Herter, some picks. I think those were the, not all together, but just a combination of those assets. DeAndre Hunter's name wasn't mentioned. So basically anyone but Trey and DeAndre Hunter. Hunter and DeAndre. Hunter and DeAndre. Hunter and Hunter and Trey should be untouchable in my opinion. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. I don't see any reason to go pick up Rudy Gobert, though. I don't either. I like, I like the idea. I, yeah, I like the idea of getting off of Clint Capella and John Collins together, but there's no reason to go after another center. You need a wing or a forward, I think. I don't really think you would need not a name John Collins. I think if you have, yeah, exactly. If you have, if you have a Kongwu, DeAndre Hunter, Trey, and then someone. From the two to four position, that can be a secondary score, a secondary ball handler, because that's what the Hawks have struggled with. Because it's just Trey Young, and I think that that's their biggest need. But also, like defensively, they were one of the worst teams this year, so that's kind of concerning. Um, that's just. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, he no, he would be a good fit. Um. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I just think that I don't think Rudy Gobert is the answer. When I've seen a report that they want to, um, they want to play in Neku Kongu more and give him more minutes. What's but then, how are they going to do that with Gobert? Gobert? Yeah, are they going to play together? Because that sounds ugly as fuck. I'm not going to lie. I do not want those people touching the court at the same time. I don't even want them looking at each other in the locker room. I never <laughs> want them to meet. They can play on the same team and just never meet. They will just never know each other. <laughs> Imagine being on the same team as someone you just never meet them. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Did you, uh, Zach Levine? I guess we'll talk about rumors because that's all I want to talk about for the rest of the pod. Because we talked about the finals, we talked about back to the Chirac. Yes. So I was very confused. With, I was like, what? But yeah. <laughs> so. He's expected to resign, which I'm very glad with because I didn't understand why he would want out in the first place. I think he was just trying to scare the Bulls a bit. Personally, what do you think? I don't even know. Like, did he ever actually even... I guess he kind of said shit, but, like, it was more, like, cryptic, if anything. I think my thing is that, like, he just wanted to test the market, which I think any player... Two K rebuilds. Facts. They're just like, I want to test my my mark on the open market because that's what you should do. You should never accept the the first offer. Really, you should look at the field because 
if the field is giving you something better and you just resigned before you figured that out, then you're just stuck. Yeah. And you could have went somewhere else. So I think that testing the market shouldn't automatically mean a player is going to leave. They just want to see what's out there, which I don't blame them. And he wants to come back. And I found it very weird, all the rumors that were um, taking place, because he was on the Bulls for such a long time. He's been there for a couple seasons now where they've been just bad. And then now they're finally good. And he's like, I don't like this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, like this is what he's been waiting for. So I didn't really understand the rumors from that perspective. Yeah. And people were saying he was unsatisfied with his touches in the clutch. But I don't think he was. He was giving, like, I don't know, just body language wise. I feel like he was fine giving up those duties to DeMar DeRozan. I think that deep down he does kind of miss the 50-point games where he got all these buzzer beaters, like the one that he got against Charlotte, for example, that game, when he, like, got the rebound and then dribbled it out and shot the turnaway three. I think he does miss those big moments like that, but I think that he likes winning even more, which fucking makes sense. (laughs) So, I mean, it's kind of concerning, though, just because of locking him in for long term when his history of injuries um this playoffs he was going through an injury and that's and he did bad in the playoffs because of it because he had a big injury that he was playing through which i did not want him to play through we talked about this on the pod um yeah but he's had a long history of injuries and i don't know how old is he like 27 so i mean won't be the worst thing but he is 20. Yeah, he's 27. So if you're giving him a five-year contract till he's 32, if he's making a lot, like, I don't know. I just hope that the injuries don't make his upcoming contract as bad as, you know, I hope it, it just doesn't become a bad contract. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think so too. I just think that with all those knee and leg surgeries, it just takes a toll over time. So, yeah, we'll have to see how it affects him. But, yeah, I don't know. If you do, you think he's gonna get the max? What I is see the no max? reason why they won't give him the max. I don't know what his max, what a max contract for him looks like, actually. Um, looking Zach Levine max contract. Okay, they can offer an extra year with higher. Okay, so five years, 212 million. Okay, let's do some math. 212 divided by 5, 42 million a year. So, I mean, that's a lot, but you're kind of in a chokehold. Yeah, no, I agree. You you have to give him that, especially since he's been making $19 million for the past however long. He is definitely wanting the max. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because, yeah. He's making nineteen. He's made nineteen and a half million for a long time, so he's definitely overdue for a big contract and a big payday. And forty-two million—that's just what you're going to have to do. It's not like the Bulls are going to be signing anyone. No, um, exactly. They're locked into this core, which I like. Well, that's okay. If I'm the Bulls, I'm trying to get a defensive big man, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> If they could somehow get Miles Turner, oh my god! I'm not. Yeah, you need that that 
extra spacing with uh, <clears throat> with having DeMar DeRozan as your primary creator. But I don't want yeah, that's the, why the, the black but hole Vucevic is Vucevic. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't even that good offensively in terms of spacing the floor this year. Like, he wasn't even the shooter that we've seen him before. And it's just very inconsistent with bigs and shooting, where I'd rather just have a a non-shooter, to be honest. Bro, and Miles Turner and Lonzo. A good enough team can make it work. Oh, defensively. And then with Caruso. Caruso, Patrick Williams coming back. Yeah, Vucevic had a very down. Vucevic was ass this year. He had a 31% from three on five attempts. And then the previous years, he was near 40% or at 40%. So he went from a 40% shooting big in the past two years. Actually, it was just one year. How many was he taking before? Bro had an anomaly uh, year. Literally. Like, okay. He, he shot 36 34, and then 40, and then now 31 <laughs> so he raised it a lot. Um, he was taking six threes a game, and then it's now down to four point five. So not that much different. I just yeah. think that um, I don't know what goes into that. He's just a bum. I don't know. <laughs> I think that when you're not locked in on the other side of the offensive ball and you're just there to really shoot threes, I think that's when it's an issue. Yeah. Because when he was in Orlando, he was scoring baskets a different way. But now, really, the only way they want him to score is basically with jump shots. So I think it kind of gets you out of your rhythm a bit when it's only jump shots you're taking. I think you do need a variety in an offensive role to be successful as a jump shooter. Yeah. Unless you're, like, just a pure jump shooter. Yeah. But, yeah, unless you're, like, a guy like Duncan Robinson or Joe Harris. But I think as a big who has shown that they have an inside game, you need to mix that in with the shooting in order for the shooting to be successful. Yeah, Yeah. which I mean, I don't know know about that because there's a lot of players on the team that I'd rather have the ball in their hands. But, you know, we'll see. Um, I guess we should talk about – what was another rumor I seen? I don't know. I got Um, something for you. Okay, okay, okay. So this this Instagram account, they've been releasing their top ten players slowly as they do. So they've okay. got the top they've got the top six right now. I want you to tell me how you feel about this top six. Or, sorry, I guess the ten through six. Okay, got it. So number ten is Jimmy. I think that one's fine. Okay, yeah. And then they got Tatum at nine. Also, okay. all right, I guess. I don't know. I'd have to see the other players, but I feel like. Off the top of my head, that doesn't sound yeah. crazy. That sounds about where he is. And then at eight, they have Joel, which I also don't think that's terrible. I think that is. Um, you think that's terrible? That's fair. I do. I do think yeah. it's lower than I would personally have him. A top three player in the league the past two seasons. Yeah. So I think it's just so hard because there's so much talent. No, I. Agree. So it's hard, but. That seems really low for me personally. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. So you have. I'd say he's closer to. I don't know. I'd say he's closer to top five than eight. Yeah, no, no that's fair. All right. Here's where I think the list. Where I think okay. it falls off. Okay. 
at seven is Luka Doncic. I think he's higher. I think Luka is. But it's, bro, like, seven sounds like a crazy low number, but you have Giannis. It is the people above him, yeah. You have Curry. Like, it's, and he's the youngest, so it makes it kind of hard. But it's, it's so difficult because I feel like, Whoever you put there, it sounds like you're disrespecting them. That's true. No, I agree. Like if you, if you put, put KD, there, KD, yeah, yeah. If you put if you put KD there, if you put LeBron there, if you put Curry there, I feel like anyone you put, it would feel disrespectful. Yeah. Okay. Who's six? And then at six. This is where the white Zeus himself is, Nikola Jokic. This Jokic is the one that six? I six. That's what I think is absolutely wild. Okay, no. I think, no way. To win MVP two years in a row and to be as dominant as he's been? This person definitely, I mean, I was going to say that we're, it's not even recency bias for us. It's just like, oh, is Kawhi on that list also? I have no idea. Probably he not. because. Maybe. Okay, let's just count how many players would be left. Giannis, Curry, Katie, LeBron, and then probably Kawhi because there needs to be a fifth. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, if there's anybody else that that fifth player would be. I don't think so. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it has to be Kawhi in there somewhere. Damn, the, yeah, the top seven is just so crazy. But to win two MVPs in a row... And to be that good offensively, and to be no, he is definitely higher than that. Yeah, I, I think Jokic is out of everyone should be the solidified. I'd even say top three. I was gonna say I think he's top three for me. I think he's yeah. in the top three, and I think that should be pretty, pretty I don't like, wanna... easily. Spoil my list because things could change. I know, <laughs> but from my pre-list, second. From my pre-list, second or third, it kind of goes in between there. So to have him at six is crazy for me personally. No, yeah, I think six is wild. Just from, it's so difficult though because these players is like the same tier. Say the the number three, it sounds like the player at three is way better than the player at seven, but they're not. So you have to pick yeah. at such these you have to pick at these minuscule things to try and set these players apart from a number or two. Yeah. No, that's true. And then what do you even like value more at that point? Do you value the defense? Do you value the team's success to kind of make these differences? Yeah. So it's difficult, and that's why I, that's why I'm glad that Kawhi won't even be on the list because it just makes it easier. Because trying to rank a player that hasn't played with players that have all had amazing years, and you know, I think Kawhi should just automatically be lower on that list just because we haven't seen him play. But even no, then, yeah, he like, was doing... like like healthy, healthy. I think it's not out of the question to still have him top five. But it's seeing Kawhi healthy has been difficult. <laughs> Facts. 
Bro, I don't even know if, but like, is a healthy Kawhi better than right now Luka or right now Embiid or right now Jokic? I don't think so. I don't think so, bro. This person with the list very heavily values the player's name. I agree. Because having Kawhi over those guys, having LeBron probably at one, I wouldn't be surprised because it's probably LeBron. Probably Giannis. Probably, no. I think Giannis should be the consensus by now. Yeah. I think he is the consensus because he's the most dominant player in the league. He's the best defensive player in the league. He's a really good playmaker. And just his motor and to constantly improve year after year, I think he's taken the throne um, probably ever since, even before the championship for me. But I think once he won the championship, I think that's when he kind of took that's the throne every, for everyone that's else. That's when everyone kind of kind of new. Yeah, for sure. It's Giannis just so hard. When we get to ranking, which I'm excited for, but when we get to that, I'm going to be really scared to rank Kevin Durant. Because, I, no, I agree. Because obviously you don't want to count him out because he's fucking Kevin Durant. And scoring-wise, offensive-wise, he's amazing. But if you look at the other guys, you have to look at the defensive aspect, which, I mean, defensively, there are many guys in the top seven that you're going to put over him. But there's also players that aren't. But I feel like the players that you do that are on the same or lower defensively than Kevin Durant are better offensively than him. So that's why it's like, I don't know. But then you also have to look at, um, you also have to look at his team. And I think that that's kind of where people get mixed up because people rely so much on team success for their rankings. When it really shouldn't matter that because Kevin Durant was being double teamed and who was he going to pass to? Andre Drummond, Bruce Brown. Mans had no help at all. And you do have to take that into consideration. Even though he did bad in the playoffs, you can't blame him when he's being double teamed by the best defensive team in the league and has to pass to Bruce Brown or Andre Drummond. Yeah. His help was awful. And it's hard to evaluate. It's hard to isolate individual players when it's such a team sport and when the supporting cast means so much. Because if you flip different player situations around, then the narrative would be completely different. No, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I was going to say something I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for player rankings in terms of the top 10. I think that... It's a tier. I think that Giannis is on a tier of its own. Then I think from two to seven is its own tier. And then after that, I think it's a tier of its own with like Tatum, Jimmy, those kind of guys. So I do definitely think it's in tiers. And I want to kind of, I still want to number our rankings when we do it, but I want to also have say that, okay, this is the start of the new tier because the difference between, let's say that list, the difference between Tatum and Luca is way bigger than the difference between Tatum or no, than Luca and Embiid. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you do kind of have to have those cutoffs there. Um, what other? I'm trying to think of some trade rumors that I've heard recently. Um, 
Yeah, well, I actually don't want to talk about rumors yet. I think that we'll talk about that closer. I want to talk about something that we didn't have time to talk about, and that's Kenny Atkinson. We didn't talk about him going to, I don't think. I forgot about that. I don't know when we, I don't know when we talked about, did we talk about it? I don't think so. Six days ago. We talked, no, it must have been before, because our last podcast, the last podcast we did was the preview of the NBA Finals, and it happened during the Finals when he got hired. Yeah. Okay. Kenny Atkinson to the Hornets. What do you think about it? I like it. Hornets are a young team um, looking to have that good development coach, and that's what he is. The thing is, I don't know. I don't like the Hornets right now, though. Mm, like, that? I don't like their setup. Their, yeah, and, like, what they do next year. Like, I don't – like, I can definitely see Miles Bridges leaving. Um, yeah, it just depends if they – fill that gap and if they replace him if it's a sign and trade or if they sign another rfa or something but if they lose and, him i think that that team looks completely different and then you have gordon hayward who i really <laughs> want to, doesn't even play um you have terry Rozier, who terry Rozier. you have terry, terry terry rozier who's like and he's like he's just like a scorer he's like a scorer and he's like in that mold like that area of he's not young but he's not old either and I wouldn't want him there for my future especially if you if it takes LaMelo a while to take that leap defensively I think you'd prefer to have a more defensive guy next to LaMelo as of right now more of an off-ball player that too yeah I don't think you need a six-foot player playing the two I think you need a a wing that can fit better next to LaMelo. Yeah, no, I agree. And then you have, I really like James Booknight. I think he's like, but he doesn't play. So I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping this year they play him. I don't know if he's eligible to be a rookie this year, but rookie of the year incoming. Um, Cause do you even actually know he, he must've played enough to qualify. There's no way he's going to be a rookie next year. Um, he played thir- He played thirty-one games. It does not feel. Oh, because he only averaged ten minutes a game. I was gonna say he probably didn't. Uh, I it gave me his college stats. I was like thirty-one <laughs> minutes per game. <laughs> we all just forgot about James Booknight. He was actually playing thirty-three minutes a game, bro. Do you not remember? You don't remember he, he was, made the All Star game? For he the... was out there grinding. <laughs> bro, you, you were probably looking at his G League stats, my guy. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that he definitely needs opportunity. I think he'll get opportunity. Another thing with the Hornets as well is they have Isaiah Thomas as their backup point guard. So Terry Rozier and Isaiah Thomas, like, how are you going to be a good defensive team with those guys there? And yeah. I think that's mainly what Kenny Atkinson is there for because, you know, it was either between him and Dan Tony. Dan Tony would just make that team like the best offensive yeah, no. team of all time. <laughs> yeah, but I defensively, I, I would not want Dan Tony on there. I like how Kenny Atkinson gives the team a system, and I like how he gets guys to buy in because obviously that was the big thing with the Nets. They were bad, and then he got those guys, rallied them to buy in. And you had the whole bench mob, and you actually had them being a good defensive team. Good culture. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So that's just what I want to see. I think he'll definitely help with LaMelo's development. I think that he'll help with the team defensively. 
I just think that this offseason they should probably get like an actual big man. And I think that that'd be good. I think they should be doing that through the draft. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that. They have two. (laughs) They have a pick at thirteen and pick at fifteen. I definitely think that they take um, a big with one of those picks, and on the other one, I think they take a forward. Personally, that's what I have going on in the draft. Um, But they could even take like a big and something else. But they are for sure. There's no way they don't draft a center. At least with um, one of those picks, they will. That'd be insane if they didn't. It's like, bro, they just draft two point guards. Like, yes. <laughs> LaMelo request trade. Um, but no, I think that's good for – I think it's going to be good. Um, they almost made the playoffs this year with one of the weaker head coaches in the league, I'd say. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. Concerned, though, that Kenny Atkinson's really only had that one stint with the Nets. Because I feel like it doesn't make him overrated just because of his success with the Nets. Because it is kind of a small sample size. Um, I just want to see him do that with another team before I yeah. like, label him as the coach that I think he could be. No, kind of thing. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, is there anything else before we end the pod? Uh... I'm actually uh, Fuck the declaring. I'm declaring for the NBA draft. I'm going number one. <laughs> yeah, all your mock drafts are wrong. First picks wrong. The first picks me, bitch. <laughs> uh, so that's all for this episode of Hoopers Lab Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you tune in for the next one. Stay enjoying basketball, and we'll see you later. Take care and goodbye. Adios.